can't have an undivided heart and expect to be used of God. This is an all-in proposition. So the invitation comes from Isaiah 55. There are a number of places in the Bible, but I like this one the best. Come with your hands empty. Come with your glass empty. Be thirsty, thirsty to be able to drink in the message of the word. You also have to listen. I referenced that earlier in my prayer. Unstop the noise in your head. Many people wear earbuds. You got to take them out. Unstop literally and listen to God's work speak to you. Now, there's another step that says seek. This means seek for something as much as you ever have in your life. Maybe you've lost something of great value to you. Lost one, a dog, something. You're going to post that up wherever you go. Have you seen my collie? She looks like this. She answers to the name of lady. Have you seen her? Can you help me? That's seeking, and you don't quit. You call on him right now while he's near. I find this interesting because God doesn't run away. He wants you to do this right now while you've got your attention. We're going to dance off to another tune real quickly. So I'm going to invite you right now and pause. We're focused. We know that God has asked us to call on him. I invite you right now to present your call to God. What is it? And ask him to draw near to you. Amen. Banish thoughts of doing wrong. You've committed it. You've asked him for, your assist, for his assistance. Turn to God for mercy. What a gift is mercy. And he will abundantly pardon. Not just pardon. There is an abundance so it can never be used up abundantly pardon, and the gifts are renewed every day. Isaiah continues to tell us about the power of the word. This isn't just any word. This comes backed by God. This is a living word, and when he sends it out, it always accomplishes what he intended for it to be. These aren't idle words. It means you can count on it. This is where faith starts getting anchored. You read that verse. You say, God, I'm claiming this for myself. You wrote this word for me. Please do this for my heart. He hears those words. That's where faith can get built. As you claim that and receive an answer, oh my, acknowledge it. Thank God, grow it, and I'm telling you to write it down.
That's how you start your legacy. That's how you build your bedrock. We gotta move off of the moving sand and get a rock base so when things get really tough, you go back and reread and look at how God has led you. Yes, there was children of Israel, you know, of other miracles, but you're building your own bedrock of faith and answers to prayer. God's word does not fail. I can tell you that from my own experience, and God tells you that. It accomplishes its purpose. Oh, and yes, it comes with the gift of joy and peace as you give it to God with assurance, that confident assurance. It provides a release of joy and peace in exchange for worries. I love Colossians. This is a message from Paul. He was in prison when he wrote this and is writing to two churches. He hadn't visited Colossians or Laodicea. So this letter is for us. He said, always thank the Father. We always have reason to thank the Father. But look what the reason is here, who has enabled us to share in the inheritance. Did you know that you have an inheritance of a piece of heaven? Isn't that a great way to look at it? We've heard of heaven as a gift or it's coming. You are a son and daughter of God. He is your father. You have an inheritance. For those who live in the light, and we're going to explore that a little bit more about what does it mean to live in the light, but having a prayerful experience with God is the key. He has rescued us from the darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son, who is the light of the world. He purchased us with blood and forgave us all our sins. What a wonderful description of what God is in our life. Colossians goes further to say he gives us, he's praying again for us. Paul is praying for the church. He's praying for us to have complete understanding of what God wants to do in each of our lives lives. Ask him, what role do you want me to have today? What is my to-do list? Who should I call? Impress me in prayer and scripture to know what do you want to do with my life today? And then Paul further prays for us to have spiritual wisdom. Take off the scales on our eyes so we can see more clearly and continue to do good, kind things for others. Remember the bottom, uh, one of the elements of the ladder of faith, kind, caring acts, right here. In that, you're giving from a heart for no other reason than to give. That nurtures your faith, it nurtures your whole spirit, 
It's straight, and then too, he prayed for us to be strengthened with God's glorious power. So God is an enabler for us to be able to run the race of patience and endurance. This is not a sprint. This is in it for the long haul. I have given you some of my promises on the bottom. Romans 12, 2, just quickly, is a promise for the Holy Spirit to renew our mind. Transform it, in some translations, um, is a powerful one. Philippians 2, 13. 1 Corinthians 2, 16, in case you can't read it on the bottom. 2 Timothy 1, 12. 2 Timothy 1.12, I love because that was my conversion in college. I know whom I believe and believe that he is able. It's a beautiful verse um, that grounds your faith. Um, I'm rather fond of 1 Corinthians 2.16. Joan Flynn, my prayer partner, and I were in prayer through the reading the scripture to God. And the last verse in that chapter, 16, says we can share the mind of Christ. You can't get any more power and goodness than that. Through the Holy Spirit, he is God in us that can actually share thoughts with divinity. How dare we not pray? There is much power, much strength, and much peace to avail ourselves. So building a legacy of faith, I started you on that. Experience God. Claim a promise. Tell God. Read the scripture to him. There's power in reading God's word. Claim that. And be careful to be observant. If you didn't feel joy in the morning, your heart was heavy, and you asked for joy, sometimes we can only handle a bubble of joy, that life has been hard. If you go out the door and a cardinal is singing, it's cheer, 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 like no ever one you'd seen, you turn, smile, and thank your Father in heaven for answering your prayer, and go write it down. That's how it happens Sometimes it's in much more dramatic ways. But if you watch for the inclinations of God blessing you, and I have often found that come through nature. I can be in despair for what's happened or concerned. I open my window, and the sky artist went to work. The most glorious sunset, and I thank God for adding the purple in it, saying, you're smiling on me. Thank you. Sometimes it is more specific ways, but I don't want you to miss the blessings that he may have done for you through nature. Hebrews is where we often go to learn more about faith. Don't throw away confident trust, he warns. This is a valuable gift. Don't throw it away. Remember the great reward it brings you, but you need patient endurance. 
so you will continue to do God's will. Remember, we already covered that. We can pray for God's strength. Paul invited us to do that. That enables us to build that persistence and trust. 2 Thessalonians gives us further instructions in coaching. Stand firm. We already put rocks down there. Stand firm on him. He establishes you and he guards you from the evil one. Claim that. If you sense you're on dangerous ground, ask God to guard you from evil and to bring you to an ever deeper understanding of the love of God. Those equip you for endurance. And if you are experiencing God regularly, you've got that bedrock. Don't let it go. Nurture it. Don't take it for granted. And never get tired of doing good. Those kind, caring acts are a blessing to others and also to yourself. Always be full of joy. I say this carefully, and I thought, do I really put this slide in today when I know there is sadness? But God does have good news in this. He says, don't worry. Let's do an exchange. Pray. Pray. If you feel yourself concerned and stressed, pray about it. Tell God what you need. And don't forget to thank him. Thank him before it's even received. Thank him, asking in his will, I thank you for what you're going to do for me. And we always have to leave the timing up to God. He has more wisdom than we do. And demanding or saying, I need this by tomorrow, tell him what your needs are. It's up to him how he responds it for the best interest of you. With this, you will experience peace, firsthand peace. His love is unfailing. Great is his faithfulness. And they come new every day. There isn't a bank that runs out. It's not like you've got, I had a piggy bank when I was a child and put them in there, and I had to check and count so often that I actually broke the rubber on the bottom because I wanted to count my pennies in there. Um, it isn't like it's going to run out. It's renewed. Therefore, we can have hope. Hope in God's word. The truth gives confidence of eternal life. I, I like Titus for giving us this verse. God promised it. And then he gives us a byline, and God can't lie. So you might as well believe it. Second Peter, his divine power gives us everything we need for life, not just a little. It's everything. And that mighty power he has given to us through rich and wonderful promises. So he's saying, please don't be foolish. Make every effort to apply the benefits of these promises to your life. They're there. They're there for the asking. 
the Lord is good. He promises us faithfulness, unfailing love, and the faithfulness goes to each generation. I love that element of it. This is one of my most favorite verses in the Bible. You think, LaDonna, really? Joshua? This is one of your most favorite verses. Well, it comes with a story. I'm going to make it brief, but trust me, it was very meaningful to me. I found myself on, sitting on the hardwood floor with my back against the wall, literally and emotionally. I wasn't just sad. I was weeping and praying to God over the pain in my life that I didn't know what to do. And God answered through my sister. She called, and we talked, and she provided a reading to me that I have used on many occasions and gifted them to others when they felt, just where am I at? This is by Hannah Whittle Smith. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'll give you the essence of it. The greatest lesson a soul has to learn is that God and God alone is enough for all our needs. God is enough. It's just you and God in this dialogue. You must come to the conclusion you can depend on God alone. Everything else in the world may have disappointed you, let you down, hurt you. Go to God's word. Read. If God were really as he is revealed in scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, says he's the God of all comfort. He's our shepherd. Shepherds carry us. Is he truly our father, as scripture says? If in short, all the many aspects of God displayed in the scripture are told are character ways of who God is, then we must simply come to the positive conclusion that he is, in himself alone, enough to meet all our needs and that we can safely rest in him absolutely and forever. Some of you may be at that spot in your life, back against the wall, never faced it, don't have the skills to know what to do with the environment we're in. I tell you, your God is enough. He was enough for me that night. I probably kept my sister on the phone over an hour reading this to me over and over. It took that long to get the record player in my head to unwind and listen and receive 
God's love for me. He did it for me. He will do it for you. There's a wrinkle in this. We have a God who's a God of love. That means he can't force his generous gifts and promises on you. So what do we do? It's a choice. You can either fight it, ignore it, become angry and bitter and saying, oh, I don't believe what LaDonna's saying. That was only for her. That isn't going to work for me. Or you can ask God to transform you. Remember Romans 12, 2 and 3? <laughs> he will transform the way you think if you ask him to. The question is, which path are you going to choose? Are you going to stay angry? Or are you going to walk the way to peace? It's an active choice. The Bible tells us to seek. We talked about that. He also is at the door, knocking. Open it. Your best friend, the New Living Translation, tells you, will come in and share a meal with you. Invite him. So we've got, what do you do when you hit big challenges in life? The river is raging on you. James has some instructions. When trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. When faith is tested and your back is against the wall, you've got an opportunity for your endurance to grow by believing in God. So some of you are in raging rivers right now. And all of us have a certain amount of uncertainty. There's a beautiful poem that we need to listen to the words. I came to a swift raging river, and the roar held that echo of fear. Oh, Lord, give me wings to fly over if you are, as you promised, quite near. But he said, Trust the grace I'm giving, all pervasive, sufficient for you. Take my hand. We will face this together. But my plan is not over, but through. I invite you to sing along with Diane and Sandy with Art at the Piano. And we're going to go through it all together.
Let's pray. God of heaven, thank you for giving us the powerful word of God in our lives. It's not a sterile book. May each of us in our own way, at the step we are in the ladder of faith, reach to you today to say, God, I'm seeking. I need your Holy Spirit. I can't change myself on my own. Come into my life. Take my fears. Take my distress. And work your peace and love through me to others. In kind, caring acts as a witness to God. Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit. Our own personal residence of God, may we not waste that precious gift, but allow it to transform us. Lord, thank you for the gift of this day. And we remember those who are suffering and have illness and ask for your presence with them. And may you give us all peace. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen.